If you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. Maya Angelou. What do I eat before my runs? What do I eat after my runs? It's just way too confusing. Nutrition to fuel your runs for women over 35. Have you ever wanted to start running but didn't know where to start or started a couch to 5K but quit because it wasn't catered to you? Or better yet, you've been running for a minute, knocked out all the 5Ks, hit up some half marathons, but you keep getting injured, not getting faster, and you're questioning your love for running. If you're a woman over age 35 and been trying to figure out this running thing on your own or don't know where to start, this show is for you. Welcome to Runners University, Women's Guide to Running After 35. My name is Dr. Leticia, physical therapist, certified running nutrition coach, and I've been helping women for many years now tackle aches, pains, build strength, and break mental barriers to living their best life on and off the pavement. Every episode, I take the guesswork out of how to train smarter, faster, and run for life without nagging injuries and actually enjoy it. Let's make running or walking into your 40s, 50s, and beyond your best yet. Welcome, ladies. I'm so glad you can join me on today's episode. So this is a common question, and it comes up a lot when I see in groups and other ladies that are running. Nutrition to fuel your runs. So this can get all over the place, but we're going to hone it back in and just focus on a few highlights that could be very helpful for you when you're trying to figure it all out again. So let's talk about what's going on in my life right now. Well, so far this month seems like it has really just flown by. It, uh, the weather actually here in Indiana actually has been pretty good. So being able to get out, of course, I go out and get more back on my more consistent run routine with some shorter runs. And of course, it's a good 30 degrees outside. It's all good. That's Indiana winter for you. So we could be getting ice, sleet, and all of the seasons all in one day, like sometimes we do, but it's been pretty cool so far. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because after this, we'll get a blizzard or something like that. We're still plugging along with good old virtual learning. I think here in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to go ahead and um, go back to a hybrid schedule for my sixth grader. So that's all the, the funs going on right now. So let's talk about Women as we age, as we approach into our late 30s and into our 40s and being into perimenopause, which can, which can begin 10 years before the 10 years, 10 years or so before the onset of menopause, we can talk about that trusty M word. Yes, metabolism. There are several factors that affect our metabolism. Age, gender, of course muscle to fat ratio, amount of physical activity, and our hormone function. And goody for us women approaching our 40s and beyond. All of these can have a shift on us. There are a couple of hormones that definitely have an effect on our metabolism and the way our body is functioning now. One is cortisol. So cortisol, it manages how our bodies use carbohydrates, proteins, and fat. It also helps with keeping inflammation down and it regulates our blood sugar and our sleep. So it also gives you that boost of energy so you can handle stress. So when you have different fluctuations in cortisol levels, 
then you're going to see an overall um, different function in the way you, you know, we use energy and move and feel. The other is estrogen. As we know, it decreases as we get into that perimenopause and into our late 30s, into our 40s. Um, but it is also irregular, so it, it can also have an increase during perimenopause. So these changes in our estrogen levels affect us and how we have a slower metabolism. So what does this mean for us when it comes to fueling and hydration as well during our runs? So guess what? Some of the things that we used to do in our 20s <laughs> and not you know, think, oh yeah, I'm able to recover from that. I can get up and run and do this and that. And, you know, I really don't have to worry as much about our intake of food and hydration because we're young and we just keep it to moving. But we have to make a little different shift as we get a little bit older. So yes, we have to fuel our runs before, well, we can talk about before, but a little bit later, but after Definitely. And our hydration has got to be on point. So yes, girl, hydration and fuel are our friends. And that means after runs too. So if we're thinking about our, you know, our daily um, and or easy, you know, easy runs, training runs, sometimes it's going to take a little bit different fuel and hydration depending on your goals. So I think I heard in a group and one lady was like, yeah, I decided to go out running. And then all of a sudden it turned into 13.1. It's like, oh, you just forgot your hydration, forgot your fuel. The entire half marathon. I was thinking, oh, I would be on death's door if I went the entire that entire distance without uh, having adequate water and having fuel. And yes, I'm probably am a slower runner than she is. But either way gotta have something to put in your tank and keep you going. Okay, so first step, begin your hydration and fueling from the beginning. I played basketball all the way from, I was about seven or eight years old, all the way up and through um, as a college athlete as well. And I had a coach always tell us, there's a saying, you play how you practice. So that is for beginning. You don't want to start anything new that you haven't been practicing. Now picture, picture this, you're ready to complete your first 5K, your half or a full marathon, or you've completed many, doesn't matter. You decided the night before to try a new energy gel or goo or something that one of your run, run friends had been raving about. She, think it's, she thinks it's great, so why not? So enter the use of the gel at about 45, 60 minutes in, however you do. And then in desperation, trying to find the nearest porta potty epic fail. Let's go ahead and avoid the scenario. You don't want to introduce new things into your system that you have not been training with and that you're definitely not familiar with because what your friend takes may not be the same thing that you can take. So I had a, not a similar story, so I didn't get it from a friend, but I had been trying to figure out how to fuel my longer runs. I was training for a half marathon and I was just really doing, I can't even remember the distance at this time, but I was really doing um, a loop around my house. So thankfully it was doing a little bit of loop, but I would come back to the house, have a water stop, have my uh, fuel um, at that point. So tried a new, I think it was a gel at this point, but try something new and my stomach said, no, no, no. So stomach issues, back to the house, bubble guts, a tragedy occurred. 
That let me know, guess what? That little feel is not going to work for me. But thankfully I was practicing so that I that did not occur actually on race day. So definitely watch out because our bodies reacted to certain things. Some of the gels and the goos for energy that people use, those sink down directly to the bottom of my stomach, it seems like. They, my, my system does not tolerate those well. And for others, it's perfect and good to go. So you'll have to work with a few things. So let's look at first at some hydration. So we know it's very important for our hydration, water, and having the appropriate electrolyte balance. Because definitely if you're an individual that sweats a lot, you're going to be losing more hydration and losing more electrolytes as you progress in your duration. So water delivers the goods. Yes, water delivers the goods. Man, it's the, the nutrients to the muscles and assists in temperature regulation. So dehydration or overhydration can clearly have negative impacts. Now, the majority of us will never get to the point of overhydration. We're always going to be in the deficit. So chew on this. Performance will decrease if you are 1% dehydrated. And it will decrease significantly if you are 2% dehydrated. So key, practice what you're going to do. Practice throughout your training run, especially building up to the big day for a race or an event. So um, if you want to determine what your water loss is to see if you are dehydrated or not, this is a good quick little tidbit from Runner's World. So to determine your water loss, you measure your body weight before your run and after your run. So your sweat loss in ounces is equal to your body weight after exercise. So a general guide could be drink two cups of water for every pound that has been lost. Two cups, 16 ounce of water for every pound that is lost. I'll go ahead and put that little tidbit in the show notes as well. So if you want to check that out. All right. So let's progress forward and talk about during our training runs, during our, our runs. So here are some general guidelines for you. If you run in the morning, a lot of people for their short runs, you know, meaning a short run, meaning under 45 minutes, they go fasted and that works for them. So don't, you know, don't feel like you have to get up super duper early to do that. Go with what kind of work for you. I'm not a dietitian here, but if you are hitting it for longer than that, try one carb, one cup of like a carb drink or energy gel and some water. You know, like I said, I can't handle gels. So for me, it's going to be a trusty half a banana or um, a couple of teaspoons of honey. Um, or actually a full banana or a couple of teaspoons of honey that gives you about 30 grams of carbs. Our major fuel source definitely for those runs of those duration are going to be carbohydrates. So you're a lunchtime runner. Uh, a light pre-run snack is going to be probably good for you. About 300 calorie snack. So that probably works if you're able to eat that one or two hours before. Those are just kind of loose guidelines so that you can test yourself. If you're an evening runner, just eat regularly and balance throughout the day so you can prepare yourself for the late run. So for our fuel, you need approximately 30 grams of carbohydrates per, per hour of exercise. So if you are a person that's taking um, gels and bars and things, the gels you definitely want to take uh, those with water. So that helps 
speed the delivery of energy and helps with some of the GI disturbances. As you see, I had issues with that. So that's a no go for me. But what about water? So water and electrolyte replacement. So think about if you're doing runs under 60 minutes, water is going to be your best bet. Runs greater than 60 minutes, you will need a little something extra. So think about an electrolyte replacement. That's the, you know, the Powerades, Gatorades. Um, I like to do coconut water. I'm not a person that tolerates um, Powerades and Gatorades, and I don't like sometimes the extra junk that they've thrown in, into some of those. So I'm a fan of coconut water, which is a very good electrolyte uh, replacement. So you want to kind of experiment with that. Drink four to eight ounces of water every 15 to 20 minutes. Now, you don't have to be going and measuring on your, <laughs> on your runs or, or thinking hard about this. Uh, that time, you know, you do a swig or two, you may have about a four ounces. So play around with that, but making sure that you're getting a little something in throughout that, uh, that time period. So when you looked at, we talked about fuel before, we're going to talk about some fuel afterwards. But the thing for fuel also is that over 90 minutes of running, you will need some additional carbs from gels, bars, or other foods that you can tolerate. You're gonna to have to experiment with that. So what happens is you get up to that point, oh, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good, I don't need anything, and then performance that starts to decline. If you don't have that hydration, don't have a fuel that's associated with it. And yes, you'll most likely be able to get through the run, but overall, you may notice some little bit of declines or you don't feel as well or your recovery is going to be a little bit different after those. And you definitely don't want to get to the point where your body is starting to crap out during the race. Those were ladies that are obviously doing half marathons and beyond. So once again, you need approximately 30 grams of carbs per hour of exercise. That's another little tidbit for you. So let's talk about after exercise. So carbs and protein. A good mix of carbs and protein uh, will work for you after, after exercise. You also have to make sure that you replace your hydration and your electrolytes as well. Important, especially after a greater than 90 minute run, get your pro protein in, preferably within that 15 to 30 minute window after your run. So the purpose of the protein is that you want to use the protein to build and repair what you just broke down those muscles, those tendons, those joints that maybe sometimes don't move as well as you would like them to. General guideline, once again, general guideline, 12 to 15 grams of protein, and then 35 to 50 grams of carbohydrates will help your body kind of replenish what it just lost and help with repairing your muscle tissue because the gains are in the recovery. You can get through the run. If you don't have adequate recovery, your gains are going to start to diminish and you won't get um, you won't get all the effect that you need. And then over time that begins to build up too. So a few ideas, trail mix with dry fruit, beans, you know, cereal, pretzels, look at some combinations, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a wrap. That's one of my favorites. Those were a go-to. Uh, you can also try an energy bar that has a mix of carbohydrates and proteins. Look at ones that kind of have a little bit higher protein because a lot of the energy bars are very carb heavy. You can do a handful of nuts, pretz with pretzels. I mean, there's several combinations you can look at. Um, a good site to check out would be eatright.org. So they have some uh, tidbits there for some snacks to look at as well. Remember, this is a guide and it's not to be a replacement 
for a developed plan from a registered dietitian. If you really need specific things when it comes to your fuel, and this really carries forward when you're talking about training for races. So look at a registered uh, dietitian that works with sports, that works with athletes and runners that can come up with some custom planning. I did that early on for, for I can't remember which one of my second, either my second or third half, I did work with a sports dietitian and it was very helpful to be able to get tidbits and be able to see and come up with a race day plan for me. Takeaways lady, listen to your body, recognize that different changes are occurring as we get a little bit older. We can still rock it and kill it at 40 and beyond, so no need to worry that way. But taking care of what our energy levels with our fuel and after we are training, running, hitting the gym, all the above to take care of ourselves that we have the good recovery. And that is what we're putting in our body. That is in our good mobility, rest as well. So we can only keep on pushing so far before something begins to break down. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out my Bulletproof Running Guide for Women. You can go at www.runnersuniversity.co slash get started to grab your women's running guide. So until next time, take care of yourself, hit that pavement, and feel free, if you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and go ahead and leave a review for a sister too. Until then, girl, do the thing. Hey girl, thanks for listening to the show today. If you're new to running or tired of trying to search Dr. Google on the best ways to begin and continue running without giving up or getting burnt out, then head over to www.runnersuniversity.co slash get started to grab my bulletproof running guide for women. You got this girl, do your thing. Music produced by King Music. Check them out y'all.